Good afternoon. You are listening to WMUA 91.1 Amherst. Welcome to Undercurrents. My name is Jenny. I'll be with you for the next half hour. Our guests today joining us for Undercurrents are some, some activists from Massachusetts Peace Action. We've actually had the pleasure of talking to before, Amar Ahmad and Brian Garvey, Massachusetts Peace Action. During the next um, half hour, 29 minutes, our focus is going to be on an upcoming event, um, January 25th, which a broad range of organizations, including Peace Action, have declared to be the International Day of Action. The world says no to war on Yemen. So let's start by, well, I guess I've already welcomed our guests. We don't have to do that again. Um, let's start by saying, what is this International Day of Action? Um, what's gonna happen? Where should you be? and then talk about why are we focused on Yemen. Okay, so what's happening? Brian, thank you. Yeah, um, well, ending the war in Yemen is something that we have been campaigning on now uh, for years. Uh, Massachusetts Peace Action and peace activists all over the world have been campaigning on this very important issue. Um, the conflict in Yemen, which is now uh, over five years old, uh, is uh, the UN designates it as the worst humanitarian catastrophe uh, in the world uh, today. Uh, it's, it's a war uh, that is being uh, perpetrated by Saudi Arabia and its coalition allies, including uh, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, but the vast majority of the weapons and the support that that coalition gets uh, is from the United States uh, and Great Britain. Um, so we are, we are uh, providing the means uh, for the worst humanitarian crisis uh, in the world today. Uh, so uh, during the course of the, the presidential campaign, um, uh, President-elect Joe Biden uh, promised um, that if elected, uh, he would end uh, US participation uh, in the war in Yemen uh, and end the support uh, that we are giving uh, to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. And without that support, this war in Yemen could not continue. Um, so the International Day of Action, which will be on Monday, January the 25th, um, is an effort uh, now being supported by over 250 organizations across the world in over 14 countries uh, to pressure publicly uh, President-elect Joe Biden uh, to live up uh, to that promise. And as one of his first actions to end US participation in the war in Yemen and to end arms sales uh, of offensive missiles and bombs uh, to Saudi Arabia and uh, their coalition ally, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, so there's a lot going on. Uh, on January the 25th, there will be in-person actions uh, around the world, uh, including in Boston at noon at the Massachusetts State House. We'll have a rally uh, and a march uh, to several locations in the area that have a direct connection uh, to the US war uh, in Yemen. And there will also be uh, an online uh, and virtual component. Uh, we realize that many people cannot come out because of uh, concerns over uh, COVID-19. Uh, so there will be a social media campaign uh, using the hashtag Yemen can't wait, uh, stop arming Saudi 
and stop arming the UAE. Uh, there will be a call-in effort to the White House, as well as uh, a campaign to send messages and letters to the White House, uh, encouraging uh, Joe Biden to live up to his promise and really immediately add uh, a legacy item uh, for his presidency. Uh, he can end uh, one of the most brutal wars um, in our history and the worst humanitarian catastrophe in the world today. Uh, so we're going to encourage him to do that and hopefully get a win for the peace movement uh, and some desperately needed relief for the people of Yemen. Okay, a few quick questions. Again, folks, if you, um, Brian just described January 25th, which is Monday, uh, a week from the next Monday, International Day of Action, world says no to war on Yemen. If people can't make it to Boston or some other city where there's a demonstration, um, there's various online things. To find something online, someone could type into a search engine, peace action, lemon, lemon, Yemen. That was pretty bad. No, that's okay. Um, you can always go to masspeaceaction.org uh, and, and look up uh, the International Day is on our events page. Uh, we're also planning to live stream uh, the speakers who are taking uh, part in our rally uh, in March. Uh, and during that uh, live stream, we will letting, we'll be letting people know how they can get involved, uh, uh, where to call, uh, what social media posts, uh, to use to amplify uh, this message. There will also be an international webinar featuring uh, some very major speakers. Uh, famous actor Danny Glover, who has taken up the cause of Yemen, will be participating, as well as uh, MP uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who's been very focused uh, on Yemen. Lots of prominent speakers. That will take place at 2 p.m., on January the 25th. And uh, there will also be links at masspeaceaction.org uh, for how you can register and watch that webinar. Thank you. The second quick question, um, how long has the US been supporting the Saudi war on Yemen by supplying um, military aid and particular weapons? Well, from the outset of the war, uh, and that will be uh, that would be March of 2015. This actually uh, is a war that started uh, under the Obama administration. Uh, obviously, uh, Joe Biden, uh, president-elect, uh, was vice president uh, at the time, um, and since then, uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, as well as other Western countries have been actively involved in in providing logistical support. Uh, as well uh, as the weapons and warplanes, um, without the support of these Western countries, uh, the war could not continue. Uh, simply by uh, stopping uh, spare parts uh, for the warplanes used by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, the war would have to come to a stop. Uh, the support has been constant since then. Let's talk a little bit about the situation that's developed in Yemen. We hear on the news, um, the worst humanitarian crisis in some set of time that there's a, the UN has identified that there's a danger of the most massive famine since some time. What's going on there? 
Well, uh, it's not just uh, the air campaign, uh, the relentless bombing by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, which has been targeting things like food distribution and production sites, uh, water treatment plants. This has, has resulted in the worst uh, cholera epidemic in, in the world's uh, uh, recent memory. Uh, but there's also a, a heavy blockade uh, being imposed on Yemen. Uh, and this is a deliberate strategy uh, to try and starve the people of Yemen uh, into submission. Um, so uh, that blockade has been unfortunately very effective uh, and now over half of the population of Yemen, uh, some 14 million people at minimum in one of the poorest countries in the world today uh, are at risk of famine and also uh, their medical system, their medical infrastructure has been devastated. And uh, so compounding the effects of the war uh, is an inability uh, to fight the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which is now raging in Yemen, uh, just like it is in the rest of the world. Um, so the situation uh, in Yemen is dire and the clock is ticking for the people uh, of Yemen and they need immediate relief. Amar, please. Yeah, and I'll just add to that. Um, you know, Brian mentioned how uh, there, there's a, a, a outbreak of cholera happening in Yemen, and uh, you know the thing about cholera is uh, if you have a bacterial infection with cholera, uh, it causes um, it can cause diarrhea, and and for for a lot of children in Yemen, it's causing such severe diarrhea that children are dying of dehydration. And uh, part of the reason there's a cholera outbreak in Yemen is because uh, Saudi Arabia and the UAE, they're uh, specifically targeting uh, water treatment plants, septic systems. So there's a concerted effort to cause pain and suffering in Yemen uh, with complete support of the US. Um, it's, our, it's our weapons that cause this destruction and it's our intelligence that uh, that Saudi Arabia know where the targets are and, and, and we help them in other logistical ways. So, um, you know, I, I just want to highlight that point. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we brought on a journalist uh, yesterday, I think named, named Rania Kalik, and she was speaking about how, uh, how Yemen, they imp their economy, they, they import a lot of their food and medicine. Uh, they're very dependent on the uh, rest of the world for uh, basic things to survive, like food. And 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 how Mike Pompeo uh, and Donald Trump, by putting the Houthis on the uh, terrorist list uh, in, in Yemen, the the Houthis they control about eighty percent of the country. So like eighty percent of the country lives in Houthi-controlled areas. So, so by putting them on this uh, list that, that Pompeo and uh, Trump have, and uh, by, by placing more sanctions on the country of Yemen, what that's guaranteeing is that uh, more people will die of starvation. As Brian mentioned, there's already a crisis of hunger and starvation in Yemen, and that'll be exacerbated by the uh, uh, addition of the Houthis on, on this uh, list. And... Um, 
And and yeah, uh, Brian also mentioned how uh, probably the motivation of doing that was to kind of make things harder for Joe Biden as he comes in to to end the war in Yemen or end the U.S. support of the war in Yemen. So, uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, it, it remains to be seen what the what the Biden administration is going to do. There's been a lot of talk about uh, their Biden campaigned on ending the war in Yemen. So uh, we're hopeful. We, we do hope that uh, he follows through on his campaign promise. And uh, that's why this uh, January 25th International Day of Action is so important, because it's right after his inauguration and entering office. And uh, we, we just want to keep that pressure applied so that uh, we can end this war in Yemen. So this most this latest move, people had might have also heard this announcement NPR about Pompeo um, put, announcing putting the Houthis on the terrorist list. He said that is aimed at making things harder for Biden to pursue this other course, a course of trying to scale back the war. Um, it also seems like a gratuitous, sadistic move against the people of Yemen. Or is there some other interpretation? That's my no. interpretation um, that it's a sadistic move. And um, no, I mean, no, uh, th that's definitely my interpretation. I, I don't think the United States foreign policy is uh, motivated by humanitarian needs. And I, I don't think they care about the people of Yemen, the children in Yemen dying from dehydration, from cholera infections, the people in Yemen dying from starvation. You know, people, if they've gone on Twitter, uh, there's been a lot of photos on Twitter going viral recently of uh, Yemeni children. And uh, those photos are just heartbreaking. The, these kids are like uh, like skin and bone, and it's it's just heartbreaking. And uh, so, so I think that Pompeo and Trump and the Republicans and the Democrats they play these political games, but it's not motivated by humanitarian needs and that the people of Yemen, they're just pawns in like a bigger chess game between the elites of, of America. I think it's also important to consider the timing. Um, <laughs> this designation being made uh, as the Trump administration is on its way out the door, uh, really shows me clearly uh, that this is an effort um, uh, to hamper uh, Joe Biden's ability to end this war. Uh, this war in Yemen has been raging throughout Trump's tenure in office. And just now, uh, in, in the last week, last week and a half of the Trump administration, uh, they decide uh, to designate the Houthis um, as a terrorist organization. Now, I want to be clear, uh, we are not advocating um, for the end uh, of the war in Yemen because of support uh, for the Houthis. Uh, this is a civil war, uh, and we do not believe it's the United States' role to take a side uh, in a civil conflict uh, in Yemen or, or anywhere else. Uh, but uh, the timing of this designation of the Houthis uh, as a terrorist organization uh, show me that it is not a serious concern uh, of the Trump administration that the Houthis are a threat to the United States. Uh, it is really a pernicious uh, act um, and not made in good faith. Okay, so 
let's get into the reasons why this horrible conflict keeps on escalating. There's the reasons of the Saudis, and then there's reasons for the U.S. support. So let's start with the Saudis. Why are they waging war on Yemen? Brian? Well, uh, this war began uh, when the crown prince, the, the now current uh, de facto uh, authoritarian leader of Saudi Arabia, uh, was the defense minister uh, of Saudi Arabia. Uh, and many academics that I've spoken to, Yemeni academics, peace activists, uh, experts on the region, uh, believe that this war was undertaken uh, as a resume builder uh, for Crown Prince Mohammed bin uh, Salman, uh, who's now known fairly as the butcher of Yemen. Uh, when they launched their effort uh, to try and impose uh, their desired government uh, upon the people of Yemen, uh, they called the military operation Decisive Storm. Uh, and like so many wars, this was advertised as one uh, that could be won quickly uh, and inexpensively. Uh, and now this war has been raging uh, for five years. Um, and, and like so many of these wars, um, one of the reasons that it continues, I believe, uh, is because uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, uh, is unwilling uh, to admit uh, defeat uh, because of embarrassment. Uh, as, as I said, Yemen uh, is one of the poorest countries in the world. Uh, it is the poorest country in the Middle East, and yet they have been able to resist the attacks uh, from the richest country uh, and the most powerful military uh, in the Middle East in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so uh, I think that this war rages, unfortunately, uh, because of personal pride uh, on the part of those who first, uh, first decided to wage it. Mark? Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that the uh, weapons makers such as Raytheon and uh, others aren't uh, too dissatisfied with oil-rich Saudi Arabia purchasing their their military weaponry that, that gets used on the children of uh, Yemen, on the people of Yemen. Um, I remember when uh, Jamal Khashoggi was, was uh, murdered, and um, at that time, uh, I don't really watch much uh, MSNBC, but uh, I saw I caught John, John Brennan on MSNBC around that time, and John Brennan, who was former uh, chief of the CIA, and before he was the head of the CIA, he within the CIA, one of his uh, main projects was like a, a CIA person, like under his portfolio was Saudi Arabia. He was working with MBS and. Uh, the Saudi government uh, in his capacity at the CIA. So he, he, he was talking about uh, some of the things Brian mentioned that they, they supported uh, at the time, it was the Obama administration and Obama CIA headed by John Brennan. And part of the reason uh, they supported uh, this, this war in Yemen is, yeah, they thought it would be quick and uh, over, over quickly. And uh, Saudi Arabia was a US ally, even though they're so such a brutal regime. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I just think it highlights the hypocrisy of US foreign policy when we 
uh, invaded Iraq, uh, the case was made that uh, Saddam Hussein was such a brutal dictator and violator of human rights, and uh, that justified our invasion of Iraq. Well, what about Saudi Arabia? They're so brutal and they violate so many human rights within their own country and within other countries like, like Yemen. And, um, and we supported their human rights violations in Yemen. Not only do we support it, we arm it, we fund it, um, we give it diplomatic cover. So, uh, so, so that's all I have to say. Well, okay, let's move to the, why the US support. I mean, you, you've already mentioned, both of you, um, I guess if you just tune in, tuned in, Today on Undercurrents, we're talking to Amar and Brian, who work with Massachusetts Peace Action. We're talking about the upcoming International Day of Action to say no to the war on Yemen, January 25th. Um, let's now focus on why the U.S. has supported this. You mentioned, I heard the word Raytheon, I heard we're supplying arms. Um, let's... Can you give us some more details, um, Amar? Yeah, and Brian could probably speak to this uh, better than I can. So, so we'll pass the floor to him in a second. But, uh, but uh, there's, there's a geopolitical component here as well, um, which again, I, I think Brian would speak to better, but there, there's something going on here with uh, proxy wars and regional dynamics and Saudi Arabia and Iran and the Houthis and... Uh, U.S. foreign policy interest in the Middle East. So uh, I, I think Brian can speak to that better than I can. There certainly is uh, an element of, uh, of geopolitical strife, um, uh, basically a proxy war between Saudi Arabia uh, and Iran. Um, uh, the Houthis and the mainstream media are often described as being backed uh, by Iran. Uh, and, and while cer certainly they have some diplomatic uh, support for the Iranians, it's important to remember that there is a heavy blockade uh, around Yemen. Uh, so material support um, uh, from Iran is, is really quite marginal, uh, quite marginal indeed, uh, as to why uh, the United States uh, supports uh, the Saudi effort and the effort of the United Arab Emirates. A lot of it has to do with money. Um, uh, after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, uh, U.S. resident, Saudi dissident, writing for the Washington Post, uh, there were many calls, uh, bipartisan calls, in fact, uh, for uh, the United States to respond by withdrawing uh, our, our support, our sales of weapons, uh, to Saudi Arabia. And Donald Trump said directly in an interview on 60 Minutes uh, that he did not want to hurt the jobs uh, that those weapons sales uh, helped create uh, at companies like Raytheon based here in Massachusetts, Lockheed Martin, uh, Boeing. Uh, and just to put into perspective the extent of these weapons sales, um, uh, the United States is the largest exporter of weapons in the world. Uh, the largest importer uh, of those weapons is Saudi Arabia. Uh, we have given so many bombs uh, and weapons uh, to the Saudi government, to the Saudi uh, kingdom, uh, that they are now by budget the third largest military in the world. Uh, it's the United States, China, and then Saudi Arabia. 
their military budget is now bigger even than Russia's. Uh, so the profits of a few companies, um, including Raytheon, which is a Massachusetts-based company uh, and has massive political influence. Um, Trump's Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, was a Raytheon executive, their head of lobbying. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, pick for Secretary of Defense uh, sits on the board of directors uh, for Raytheon, making some $300,000 a year uh, to do so. Uh, and that conflict of interest, uh, that, those massive profits uh, have a lot to do uh, with U.S. support for this absolutely barbaric and indefensible war. So let me try to get this straight. You're saying that um, the first major motive that you talked about in detail just now is that the U.S. benefits from the benefits economically from the arms sales. Um, this is this benefit is mostly to arms producers based in the U.S. So that's a way to make money. And we're somehow unable to think of any other way of employing people and making money. That all we can do is um, fund this horrific war. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense, uh, except if you're looking at it from the perspective uh, of a few companies uh, that have uh, enjoyed a major windfall uh, because of the war in Yemen. Uh, and we have seen uh, officials in the Trump administration um, uh, who used to be employed by Raytheon um, uh, at the State Department, uh, who have cooked the books uh, on behalf of the Saudis uh, to allow these weapons uh, sales to continue. Uh, the U.S. Congress, uh, in a bipartisan way, uh, has passed a war powers resolution uh, attempting to end uh, our role in the war in Yemen. They have passed restrictions on arms sales to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Um, and President Trump uh, has used his veto. Actually, a majority of the vetoes that he used in office had to do with the war in Yemen and arms sales uh, to the Saudi coalition. Uh, that's just uh, uh, how important it is. Uh, but you're absolutely right to say uh, that these jobs uh, that President Trump uh, claims that are created by these weapon sales are vastly overstated. Uh, many studies have been done uh, that say that uh, if, if an equal amount of investment uh, was put into building good infrastructure or green technology, uh, uh, that, that it could create many, many more jobs uh, uh, right here in the United States. So it's really not about the benefit of the workers um, and it's not about the benefit of the people of this country. Uh, it's, it's about the benefits of executives uh, and, and CEOs at weapons manufacturers like Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, and Boeing. So we have about two minutes left. Do you want to dedicate one of those minutes to going back to the um, political motivations? Um, Saudi Arabia is also an important ally of the U.S. or U.S. government has traditionally seen it as an important ally due to its position in the Middle East. Do you want to just comment briefly on that? 
Sure, I would say that uh, uh, the United States has a long-standing relationship uh, uh, that goes back to the end of World War II. Uh, it had to do with our reliance uh, on foreign petroleum, uh, which is now really not relevant anymore since the United States is now a net exporter uh, of petroleum. Uh, but I would say that uh, Saudi Arabia has been rather a poor ally. Uh, of the United States, uh, uh, being very reticent to uh, fight forces uh, of Islamic terrorism like ISIS. Um, uh, the beliefs that come out of Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, Wahhabist uh, Islam uh, is a fountainhead uh, uh, for Islamic terrorism. And it's important to remember that 15 out of the 19 hijackers that committed the terrorist attack uh, on this country on September 11, 2001, were Saudi nationals. Uh, Osama bin Laden is the scion of a billionaire family from Saudi Arabia. All right, well, that, we're just about out of time. We have time for one more announcement. Um, January 25th, which is a Monday, mass peace action in conjunction with over 200 organizations globally are organizing International Day of Action. The world says no to war on Yemen, in particular in Boston at noon at the State House. And you can look up Peace Action website and find out other activities you can do if you're not gonna be getting to Boston. So our guests today, Amar Ahmad and uh, Brian Garvey, both from Massachusetts Peace Action, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank Always you for having us. <laughs>